Good evening, dear friends. Welcome to Spirit Reports of Life After Life by Alan Kardec. We're basing our study, which takes place every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, on the book Heaven and Hell by Alan Kardec. The second half of Heaven and Hell filled with spirit reports. Pending. On the life that they have lived. So I am seeing that my internet connection is slowing so we will see whether we need to shift our location because I don't want to put you through that experience again. We'll shift two things and yes it is slowing so let me see Divine Light Spiritist Center in Northern California. Uh, we're exactly in Nevada City which is an hour downhill from Lake Tahoe and an hour uphill from Sacramento, both in California. So the case we're going to look at today, dear friends, is Francois Riquier. I'm not 100% sure that I am pronouncing his name correctly, but he is one of the suffering spirits. In the last few weeks, we've been focusing on the reports of the suffering spirits to learn from them to learn from them of what we need to avoid or what we can avoid in order to facilitate our transition make it a little bit easier than what these spirits experienced as a result of their life choices last week we focused in particular on guilt as a result of vain um, vanity of selfishness and pride and Francois is a different case. He has some different issues. Um, I want to say hello to our community. And there is Tony. Thank you so much for being here, Tony. It's lovely to have you. And Lisa Telly's dear friend. So nice to have you too. And there's a few other people. And if I don't say hello to you and I can't see your names, please don't take it personal. But everyone feel welcomed, hugged, and um, appreciated for your presence. Thank you so much also to Cardiac Radio for this beautiful platform that allows us to have this international classroom where we can learn, where we can learn, understand, how we open our hearts and minds to the teachings. And all of this is a huge blessing. We're nourishing our, we're planting, we're planting beautiful seeds in our garden of eternity. Dear friends, Francois Riquet. Let us read. He, it's a short case and then we're going to talk about his situation. Francois was an ordinary miserly old bachelor who died in 1857. So this is, this is where setting the stage. He was miserly. And you can guess that this is the main theme for tonight. He um, left behind a considerable fortune to distant heirs. For a time he had been the landlord of a lady tenant who later forgot all about him and didn't even know whether he was still alive or not. In 1862, this lady's daughter, who was subject to bouts of catalepsy, followed by spontaneous magnetic sleep, and who was also a good writing medium, saw Mr. Riquet during one of these sleep periods. He told her that he wanted to say something to her mother. So our friend, our spirit, who is reporting, is coming through a previous tenant and wants to say something about 
A few days later, he spontaneously manifested and this is what happened. What would you like from us? He was asked and the answer is my money. Friends, he wants his money. Those wretches took it to split amongst themselves, he says. They sold my farms, houses, everything to divide it all up. They squandered my assets as if they no longer belonged to me. Let's remember, he doesn't have a body anymore. Make them do right by me, he demands. Make them do right by me, he says. They no longer listen to me and I won't stand for such villainy. They say I was greedy and have kept my money from me. Why don't they give it back if they think it was ill-gotten? But you are dead, the medium says, my dear sir, and you no longer need any money. Ask God to grant you a new lifetime of poverty in order to expiate your greed from this one. That is the recommendation of the medium. And the answer by Mr. Riquier is no, I wouldn't live in poverty. I need money to be able to live. Also, I don't need another life because I'm still alive right now. Oh yes, I am suffering worse tortures than the cruelest disease, he continues to report, because my soul who endures them. I'm constantly aware of the iniquity of my life, which was the subject of scandal for many people. I know good and well that I'm a wretch, unworthy of pity. But my suffering is so great that you must help me out of this miserable situation. Can you believe it, friends? Here he is. He passed on. He demands his money back. He complains and does not recognize that he does not no longer have a body. So now here is the subtext, um, the small print. And this already concludes our story of Francois. And here is what we're reading. It is interesting to see. The spirit gives his address as though he were still alive. Correct, right friends? He thinks he still has a physical body and he thinks he actually still lives at the address of his previous home. The lady who did not know anything about the matter hurried to verify it and was quite surprised to find that the address given really was the last house in which Mr. Riquier indeed lived. Thus, after five years, now I just remember, after five years, he still did not regard himself as dead. And he experienced the anxiety, terrible for a greedy man, of seeing his assets divided amongst his heirs. The evocation undoubtedly caused by some good spirit was meant to make him understand his situation and predispose him to repentance. So, what are we learning from our friend Francois tonight? Well, first of all, we've learned that he was a miserly man, very deeply attached to his wealth, to his money, so that his first, when his first words, he demands his money back. He is so attached to matter, his previous home and his physical belongings, that after five years, that after five years, he is still not recognizing that he has passed on and left his physical body behind. Can we believe that? That is what happens when we attach ourselves too much to matter. 
And this is one case that shows us for the first time of the suffering that we encounter once we have transitioned, managed to leave our bodies behind, but still dwell in the area or maybe even in the occupied during our lifetime. I, we're reminded of two books that help us understand what happens when we become too attached to our financial means. One is the beautiful book by Emmanuel called Money. And the first thing we want to do is go to a few passages in this book that of course not only deals with money, but with all wealth that we may accumulate during our lifetimes. There is so many different forms of wealth. One would be we are wealthy because we have a healthy body. Another one would be we are wealthy because we have a lot of time on our hands. Another form of wealth is if we have a lot of knowledge and there is so many different forms. The most obvious and the most uh, familiar to us, of course, is our financial means. But all of it is what we're learning here in this beautiful book, among other places, uh, from a man who need to share the wealth that we were given in this lifetime. So um, on page 101, we're learning one really important thing about feeling wealthy versus feeling scarce. He tells us, Emmanuel tells us with his beautiful wisdom, in essence, scarcity and wealth are not elements that we have, but they are feelings that, that we have. So it is not something that's, that's systemic to us, the feeling of scarcity or wealth, but it is a feeling. And that is unprecedented that Emmanuel actually distinguishes between a fact that we just have wealth or we have scarcity, period. But that he teaches us that it is actually a feeling. And we know that we can change our feelings. We know that we can adjust our thinking. And our thinking also impacts our feelings. And our feelings impact our thinking. And that Emmanuel teaches us in the beautiful book. Emmanuel teaches us that in the beautiful book, Thought and Life. Which is the next one we will um, refer to. So when we learn that scarcity, which is something our friend Francois experienced in his lifetime and even after life, life after life, it is something that we can change. It is in our power to exchange that feeling with the feeling of wealth. Feeling wealthy even if we don't have incredible financial means. Feeling wealthy even if we don't have incredible amount of time on our hands. So, Friends, that is an unprecedented piece of information. He also teaches us on page 153, the miser of material goods is the lender of disapproval, but the miser of love is worthy of pity. And in this chapter, in the next pages, which he titles Greed, which is something our friend Francois is suffering from, he teaches us 
that being miserly and greedy of financial means is definitely a vice. Being greedy about fin financial means is a vice. However, it is even worse when we're greedy about love, which is another thing that we can be feeling wealthy of. Having a lot of abundance in our heart chakra, in our feelings towards our fellow human beings, our fellow children of God, our fellow four-leggeds, the furry friends that are following us in, their, in our evolution, and plants and trees, our love for trees, our love for nature, for flowers. Right, friends? So if we're miserly with love, we're even worse off. So we're learning another um, we're not learning another aspect of feeling miserly. I'm seeing there's more friends. Carolyn, Cohia, so wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for being here, dear friend. And um, Lisa Telles, thank you so much for being here as well. Friends, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, let us see, he also says, um, many people believe that wealth and power are signs of privilege, right? We can very much associate with that. When gold and influence are simply nothing more than resources, having only the value we give it, right? So it is not per se to have a lot of money, to a lot of paper, is not per se something that is a privilege in itself. No, it is not. It is value that we give. We interpret something on top of having been given the wealth. And that helps us to segue to this beautiful book, Thought and Life by Emmanuel, where we learn that everything that we have in this lifetime, and he actually starts off with that, was in the chapter 16, the vocation, which relates us to our profession, that all of this is just a gift from God. So when we have a lot of money, if we have a great profession and we think we're privileged as a result of it, in other words, if we're building pride around this, we must remember we're invited. Emmanuel invites us to remember that that is actually only a gift from God. And it is something for us to use to do the good. So here he says on page 63 in this beautiful book, Thought in Life, and the chapter is called The Vocation. He says, a professional title is a letter of credit we receive to help us produce ennobling reflexes in our lives. So we're getting a loan from God. We're receiving a loan from God in terms, for example, of our profession. And we're asked to do something good with it, to be of service. And the same pertains, of course, to money, because our friend Francois was clinging to money. So when we have financial means, a lot of money or some wealth, we're asked to share, to do the good with it. And let us see, the divine masters invite us to consider the professional responsibilities on loan to us by infinite goodness. And we can extend that to everything we have received. If we're mediums, for example, we're asked to do the good with, with that. We're asked to pass on the gift and hopefully 
work on our inner transformations so much that we are capable of, att of attracting good spirits, educational spirits, who will allow us to bring these messages to other people and ourselves to learn, to, to learn and understand where we come from, why we're here and where we're going. Tanya, so nice to see you. So beautiful. Thank you for joining, dear friend. Tanya, all the way from Florida. Lovely to see you. Um, then when we go to the chapter assistance in the same book, number 23, we learned that assistance is something that we receive from God continuously. Whether we recognize it or not, Emmanuel points out to us that it is vital to recognize that we are constantly being blessed and gifted with by divine assistance every step of the way throughout our lifetimes, both incarnated as well as discarnated. And at some point he tells us the law of assistance permits one to ask for help, but it demands expansion of the benefits received. And later on, what he means by that, by the way, is, is that we receive assistance. It could be, for example, even in form of the gift of having money. We're turning it back to our friend Francois, which is the case we're talking about tonight. He was very attached, overly attached to his money to the point that five years after his transition, he was still dwelling in the home that he owned. And he demanded his money back in the first sentence during his first evocation. So here Emmanuel teaches us is that whatever we receive, we are asked and invited to pass on, to share. And then later on he says, if we don't do that, we are becoming like murky puddles, a, a spring which is being fed can water only retains the purity of its water by keeping to run, keep running and refreshing itself. So the water that comes from the spring is being shared throughout the path of the river. However, if the river decided to stop allowing this water to flow, it would pool and what would happen? It would become a murky pool. It would be as clear and pure as if it allowed to run. And that is what Emmanuel is asking us to do. So if God gifts us with a lot of money, for example, and I'm only bringing up money all the time because this is our case, Francois, who was a materialist in that regard. But we can substitute this with knowledge, with time, with love. As we learned, you know, if we hold on to love, that's even worse in the eyes of God. But we're always asked to share to share all the gifts that we receive, dear friends. It is a lovely thing to learn, to know that everything is alone from God, that we are asked to be humble with what received and we're invited to always share what we have received. It is in the Spirit's book where Alan Kardec, through the blessed mediumship of the ladies he worked with, tells us, teaches us, that it is actually a trial to be wealthy. And the trial to be wealthy is even more difficult than the trial to be poor. And why is that? It is because poverty teaches us surrender and patience. But 
become wealthy, we're asked to share, to shed of our selfishness and pride. And that is, as we know, one of the biggest challenges for all of us on planet Earth. And to share is something that is more difficult for most people and is consequently considered a more trying trial. It is actually on page 456 in the Spirits book, chapter 9, The Law of Equality, where Alan Kardec in question 816 helps us to understand this dilemma. He says, if the well, don't they also have the means at their disposal for doing more good? Very good questions, right friends? It is an excellent question that we've asked ourselves as well, aren't they? asked to do more good because they have more resources and the answer is from the illuminated spirits that is precisely what they do not always do they become selfish proud and insatiable we're reminded of our friends francois right and he can he created for himself a lot of pain he was not able to move on and take the next steps in his evolution as a result of his attachments their wants increase with their fortune and they never think they have enough. And in the small print, Alan Kardec adds, an elevated position in the world and authority over our fellow beings are trials, as great and risky as misfortune. For the wealthier and more powerful we are, the more obligations we must fulfill. So the more we have, the more we know, the more we love, the more we need to share. And the greater are the means at our disposal to do good and evil. And why do we have a big, bigger chance to do the good? Because we have more to share. And why do we have a good chance to do evil when we have a lot? It's because we forget. We become selfish and prideful. We become scarce. We start clinging and we don't think we have enough. And we've learned from Emmanuel just a few minutes ago that this is a feeling. It is not the truth. We're creating this reality. Then he says, God tests through resignation. God tests the poor through resignation and the wealthy through the use they make of their wealth and power. And then he says, wealth and power beget all the passions that attach us to matter and they keep us from spiritual perfection. That is why Jesus said, verily I say to you that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So it is our attachments, our passions that keep us attached to matter. Now, passions per se is nothing negative because we can use our passions to do the good, to make a difference in this world. And Alan Kardec also, via the good spirits, educate us in the spirits book that passions are like a wild horse. They need to be educated. They need to be reined in the passions so that we learn to do the good with our passions and not surrender to becoming too attached to the things. I'm seeing my connection slowing, that's why I'm slowing. So if we don't become too attached to all the gifts, which are really just gifts, they were given to us from God. So friends, 
It is with so much gratitude for these beautiful lessons, thanks to the spirits on high, that we have gathered tonight. And let us, if we can, close our eyes for a moment and let us pray. Let us connect, renewed, to God and is our beloved guide and model. And let us express our gratitude from the bottom of our hearts for the beautiful spirits on high who are modeling to us the generosity, the sharing that we are striving for. The sharing that we've learned tonight is vital for our evolution, is vital to allow us to have an easier transition from this life to the life, the spirit life of ours. We've learned tonight that overly being attached to matter causes us pain and it won't help us to do the good. As a matter of fact, we plant seeds in our eternal garden that will reap a harvest of pain and suffering. So we're grateful for this lesson and we're grateful for Alan Kardec and his blessed work in this lifetime to allow us to be connected to the wisdom that is surrounding us so that we can be different so that we can focus in our lives on becoming more charitable, on sharing our wealth, on thinking beautiful, kind, benevolent, and indulgent thoughts, in making a difference in people's lives, and also in becoming more forgiving. We're asked for protection for all those who were present tonight and those who we're not able to make it. And so God willing, we will be reconvened in a week and continue our studies with the, about the suffering spirits. And so be it. Dear friends, thank you so much for joining us. So God willing, we will see you again, same time, same place in a week. God bless you and have a beautiful week. Good night.